Okay. It's three, it's three eras in this space of elevation, right? That was my demolition area where you are knocking things down. You're removing things from your space. I lost a lot of friends. I stopped doing a lot of activities that I would usually do. Um, and I let go of a lot of things that I felt did not serve me in that space. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. You know, it's it's always so interesting when people talk about smoking and they're like, I smoke because I want to. And, you know, I could stop anytime. We'll do it and see what you learn about yourself. And you don't know. It's not like you have to commit to it for the rest of your life. But if you smoke every day, experience what it's like to not for a week. Take some notes on that and then say you did it. Like go through some form of demolition. And my demolition was extreme. Like I cut everything off, mostly because I had to in order to truly be present and be able to execute the way I needed to in person for those mm -hmm. kids during that martial arts program. Um, but it doesn't have to be so extreme, like micro demo. <laughs> We're going right. to look micro demo, micro demo so that you can just begin in small ways to experience what it's like to not have something that you've had for so long. You are now listening to Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast featuring Phenom. You've been searching for some motivation to get up in the morning, to go to work, to get to the gym, whatever it may be. I had the perfect track for you. It's my new single that's out right now. It's called Obsessed. Search it on all streaming platforms. Obsessed by Phenom Speaks. I promise you it will get your day started right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success podcast. <laughs> right. Round of applause. Love Making it, love history. it. History, history, <laughs> real time. And today we have with us a special guest, Shawnee Owen. She is a film director, creative producer, and an advocate for self-growth through exposure, experience, and execution. When she took a two-year hiatus completely off social media, the lessons that she learned through travel, talking to thousands of people, and building her confidence through constant trial and triumph provided her with a whole new perspective of life, success, and ability to elevate our circumstances. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am so happy to be here. This is dope. This is my first time going live on Instagram. Mm. It's my first time doing a podcast interview. So like I said, we're making history. Um, hey. And I think this is awesome. I'm glad to be here. I love it. We're going to rock out. Also, for everybody that's in the live right now on IG, um, if you guys have questions or anything like that, throw it in the chat. And we're going to try to make sure that we are looking back and forth to make sure that we see your questions. Um, we want this to be an interactive podcast. We want you guys to feel as if you're part of the show as well. So, you know, anything that pops in your mind, please throw in the chat because um, we're going to have fun up here. <laughs> so I want to get the show started with a couple of rapid fire questions. So I'm just going to throw some questions out to you. And, you know, first thing that comes to your mind, don't overthink it. All right. All right. So first one. What's the best prank that you pulled on somebody? The best prank that I've pulled on someone? Mm-hmm. What's considered a prank? Because I just surprised my mom by going to North Carolina, and I told her I was doing something else. I don't know if I would consider that a prank. I would consider that just a, a surprise. A surprise. I don't really pull pranks. I don't play games like that. So, <laughs> so Not even when you were a kid? No pranks? No, I was never about putting somebody, you know, in the spotlight in a negative way. You know, like that was never I used to watch it on YouTube a lot, but I never <laughs> did it because I am a horrible liar. I, mm -hmm. So I can't get away with pranks. It takes mm. a lot of effort to prank somebody. That's not the energy that I had for that. Is very true. So. It does take a lot of effort to prank somebody. So, yeah. Can we go to the next question? <laughs> I got you. All right. So what's the most embarrassing song on your playlist? The most embarrassing song on my playlist? Mm -hmm. Um, 
the most embarrassing song on my playlist. That's a good one. That's a good one. That has me thinking. First oh, one, first I one. I have, <laughs> like, if this were to come up while I'm on Ox, then I'd be like, I got to explain myself. <laughs> so, I have nieces. And so, okay. I have little tiny nursery songs that are always on my playlist. Um, but there's the Goofy Goobert song from SpongeBob. It's on there. <laughs> and I don't remember why I had that on there, but I played it. For a moment, for one of my mm-hmm. nieces, and it's still there. So I guess that's one of the most embarrassing songs on my playlist. Everything you know else what? is fire, though. <laughs> I can relate to you on that. So I had a job one time that I was working with kids, and I had like a Rugrats theme song, like remix on it. I'm not even gonna hold fire it. It went, it went hard. It went hard, and I kept it on the playlist. But one time I was in the car with my homeboy, and he was like, "What are you listening to?" Right? Especially when they don't know your style of music. Yeah. It's like, you only got about three times to get it right. And then they yeah. <laughs> come on. It's like, okay, strike one. You got, you know, some crazy stuff up there. So that would be mine. All right. Next one. What's the weirdest food combination you you have ever tried? The weirdest food combination? Yeah. These are some really good rapid fire. <laughs> I have to really think about this stuff. I don't think about. Um, the weirdest food combination that I've ever tried. Yeah, ever. Or the first one that comes to your mind. Let's do that one. I don't know if this is weird because it was actually really good. But I did a challenge where I went vegan and no sugar for 30 days. And so mm. you got to get creative mm-hmm. when you have those two things happening at the same time. So I had wheat bread with... um peanut butter, sugar-free peanut butter, blueberries, banana, and um, chia seeds, and sea moss. And that was fire. Fire. But it was super weird. I'm going to have to take your word on that one. (laughs) What's the worst job you've ever had? Dunkin' Donuts, period. Worst job ever. Hated it. What's the last TV show that you binge? Um, that I binged or currently binging. I uh, will do currently. Yeah, I'm currently binging. Um, what is it called? It's a it's a surfer style show. What's wow. it called? Outer Banks. Outer Banks. I don't think I heard of that one. It's not. I think it's like number three on Netflix right now. Mm, okay. Um, I went hard. I'm going hard on that right now. All right. Are you losing sleep over it? No, no. And I have lost sleep over some shows. Like I've been, okay, before that I binged Abbott Elementary. That kept me up. Manifest. Oh my gosh. Manifest. Boy. Oh, I can do it. Wait till the next season comes up. Kira say yes, Outer Banks. (laughs) Yes. So, but yeah, I've... I just like the cinematography of it, and uh, I think it's a different story. I don't spend a lot of time. Um, it's not that I don't spend a lot of time at the beach, but I've never spoken to beach locals to that degree. You know, like some yeah. teenagers growing up on the beach. So, and then on top of that, they're like lower class teenagers, so they're really getting into some trouble and just trying to make it out. So, it's a different perspective that I find interesting and I really love the cinematography and um, what they do with the water and all that stuff. So that's why I'm really interested in it right now, but I've benched some shows. Yeah. It, I, it, I have to stay away from it even sometimes. Cause I Not get stay away from it. <laughs> you know, it get get dangerous. Little, it gets dangerous. All right. Last one. So what is the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice. Kennedy say you look cute, Auntie. Oh, that's my sister. Thank you. <laughs> um, the best advice that I've ever received. Mm-hmm. That's a difficult one. Um, really just, and this might be cliche because it's Nike, but just do it. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> and learn through that. Don't wait to do something 
Um, obviously, you want to do things strategically sometimes or with a level of discernment. You know, don't just go out there um, ass out in a way. But a lot of times that's really all it takes to just mm. do it. <laughs> now, was that through a conversation that you were having with somebody or were you just like one day just going through life and you were just seeing a whole bunch of Nike commercials and you're just like, <laughs> for you one day, like, which one was no, it? No, no, it's, it just is through experience really. Mm. Um, this is, and I think that the just do it three word sound advice is, you know, more of a abbreviation to much other things, much other pieces of advice that come into play that I just can't think off the top of my head to quote word yeah. for word. But in general, what the best piece of advice that I've ever received um, is along the lines of not being afraid to let go of something. Um, holding on to something so hard and being afraid to jump, you know, some, something along those lines of you got to try something in order right. to know something. So getting out of that comfort zone, getting out of that space of fear um, and really putting yourself in position to win through tri trial and error. Um, all that within the just do it mantra. So. so within the two years that you took a hiatus, you know, through social media, you started traveling, learning all this type of stuff. What part of that did you at what point did you realize you had to let go of something that you feared that you were like, you know what? I know that this is going to hurt me or I'm really scared to do this, but I have to let go in order for me to grow. So what part of that journey, whether it was beginning, middle, like what made you kind of have that realization? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, so. I can start from the very beginning because I think it is a gradual process. Okay. It's, you know, something that you have to work up to in a way. Um, so I'm from Durham, North Carolina. Bull city. <laughs> Bull city. So I'm from Durham, North Carolina. And in high school, I was known for dance and theater, right? That was my thing. And so I went to college for um, dance and theater. And so halfway through my college tenure, I really started to take a greater interest toward directing and producing. Um, and so that was on top of, or though alongside acting and dancing, and it was just kind of all building up, right? I didn't let go of one for the other. I was just building my creative portfolio in so many different directions. Um, no real strategy and honestly, just kind of a lot of running around, aimless, even looking for the next opportunity. Um, and so it was just starting to really pile up and be a lot, pulling in a lot of different directions. Um, and then I graduated um, when I graduated from Howard University, <laughs> I, the illustrious Howard University. Shout out to the bison. I, I say it a couple times, <laughs> but graduated. Um, so after graduation, though, I got an opportunity to study martial arts. Um, and I studied martial arts, but also taught the kids that were in the martial arts program anything that I knew creatively as well. Um, so what a lot of people don't know about martial arts is that while it's about, H-U, while, <laughs> while it's about physical, you know, training and how to fight, the style that I, partic that I leaned into or that I was studying um, was more about the mental, was mm -hmm. more about the how not to fight, mm -hmm. how to avoid conflict. You know, so, um, but that also added on to these other things that I was doing. And I can say that that was the most mentally challenging, um, agonizing, even straining um, part of my life. Mm. It was so excruciating. <laughs> Like, is no joke, y'all, especially when you have a program or a sensei that knows how to push it to the limit, you know, and so that's what I was doing. And it consumed a lot of my time. Um, 
And throughout that process, my phone broke and I just didn't find the time to get it fixed. So that catapulted this two-year hiatus. It wasn't intentional. It, it wasn't something that I decided to do. It's something that happened. Mm. And that was the first tier of having to let go of something. So I got a question. Mm-hmm. As a person that's also going through um, different a different fighting style, you know, I'm boxing right now. And I've also, I've been, I think I want to say I've been in this journey for about nine months. And something that I continue to learn is when you get tired, you have to go back to your basics and you're going to get tired in a fight. And all of us are fighting something right now in life, right? whether we want to recognize it or not, we're all fighting something. But like you said, as you go through martial arts, you're going to find so many different life lessons that you can relate to um, the, the fighting also back to life. So when it comes to understanding that you have to go back to your basics within martial arts, whenever you're, you know, going through all these drills, you're going through maybe some sparring matches, all this type of stuff. What basics did you have to learn to go back to within life to kind of make sure that you stayed on the path that you want to be on? Interesting question. Um, I think that's, that's the part where I really had to discover and learn you know, for me, it wasn't so much of being able to go back into anything because in this space, when I first stepped into it as a white belt, you feel as though you don't know anything. Like it's it's kind of as if ground zero. So what do you go back into if you're in kind of a fish out of water? How do you relearn to breathe when you're a fish out of water? Right. You know, you got to find a different, a completely different source to pull from. And so what I did chip away too is that God is present in all things. Yes. I really, you know, leaned closer to God through that journey. Um, Because when I felt extremely alone or that I didn't have anybody to talk to, there was at least this presence that I could always speak to and feel covered me through that process. Mm. You know, so I would say that was the most solid, the only core value that I went back to. Everything else was built on top of that. You know, I was in full vulnerability mode. I remember one day looking in the mirror and then just bawling, like crying my eyes out because I didn't recognize myself. I, my mm. hair had grown out at that time. I had cut it off and, it, you know, I kept it neat. But at that point, it was growing out. I was looking a mess. My clothes were just unrecognizable. I was such a different person, the most vulnerable I had ever been. And now looking back at it, that at that moment when it was just me, God in the mirror, and I didn't even recognize myself. And I felt that I was at ground zero. Mm. That was the moment I put the seatbelt on and it was time to elevate. Mm. So when you were about to say uh, previously that, you know, your phone broke, it was more something that that happened to you in taking that hiatus. So when you started taking the hiatus, what was the beginning of that process like? <laughs> um, again, it was because I was super busy. Mm. And so my time was so limited that I really had to be specific on what got my time. So this is what I would call in that process, the demolition era. Okay. It's three, it's three eras in this space of elevation, right? That was my demolition era where you are knocking things down, you're removing things from your space. I lost a lot of friends. I stopped doing a lot of activities that I would usually do. Um, And I let go of a lot of things that I felt did not serve me in that space. I stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. You know, it's, it's always so interesting when people talk about smoking. And they're like, I smoke because I want to. And, you know, I could stop anytime. We'll do it and see what you learn about yourself. 
And you don't, it's not like you have to commit to it for the rest of your life. But if you smoke every day, experience what it's like to not for a week. Take some notes on that and then say you did it. Like go through some form of demolition. And my demolition was extreme. Like I cut everything off. Mostly because I had to in order to truly be present and be able to execute the way I needed to in person for those mm. kids during that martial arts program. Um, but it doesn't have to be so extreme, like micro demo. <laughs> We're going right. to look micro demo, micro demo so that you can just begin in small ways to experience what it's like to not have something that you've had for so long. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where it started. Um, once I went on the hiatus or it turned into a hiatus rather, but once I got off the phone, I really had to focus and lean into what it was like to be here in real time, in real life. The only things that were happening were what I could see in front of me, what I went out and put my hands on, you know, it was all, I, I kind of felt like the power was literally in at my fingertips mm -hmm. because it wasn't something I could text somebody about or reach out to somebody about. I had to go out and do it, see it, touch it. And in that process, everything, and this is when it turned into a hiatus because it began to be a choice. Mm. You know, it, it did get to a point in a month or two where it's like, I could fix my phone, but this is lit. <laughs> I have nobody blowing me up that I really am distracted by when mm -hmm. I think about it. Everything that I'm doing is building upon itself because it's literally one day at a time building on to the next. I'm the only common denominator in my own success. Mm -hmm. You know, not the only. There were obviously other people around in person that helped make things happen. Right. But I played a key part in how things were getting done in person, in real time. And that felt powerful, magical, even. And how so, old were you when this was happening? How old? Yeah. This was 22. Okay. This was 22. And so, yeah, I think that was the first step. Um, and I was on a roll. Like I, I did not miss my phone. There were so many people who were like, mm. it's impossible to live life, to do business, to have success without a phone. It's not, it's not. And I don't necessarily, um, you know, advocate for anybody to go without a phone for two years the way that I did, mm -hmm. but I definitely see it possible and do encourage people to disconnect not necessarily specific to phones. You can do that as well. That's what we're speaking on specifically. But in general, mm. you have the power to put it down and look up. I was and having so, that conversation with somebody recently. I can agree with you more that we get so caught up in like, the, you know, the digital age that we're in. We're so accessible with our laptops, our tablets, our phones that somebody can literally just hit you up at any second of the day. It's not like, you know, when you and I were growing up, we had track phones, you know, or you had to wait until after like 7 p.m. to have free calling. So you only got like a couple of messages per day. But because of the way that technology has advanced so much that, um, you know, we just get these notifications all day, every day. And you know, I commend you for, you know, going on that hiatus. One um, that once it happened to you that you really made it a choice at that point, because uh, it takes, you know, it takes strength to do that. Cause a lot of times we feel as if that we're missing out on, on life because of that. It was not easy. It definitely wasn't easy, especially when there are so many people, you know, in your ear about how it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you need a phone to communicate, but then you could just, cause the way I was communicating at that time, even was like through email or when I got on my laptop, so, but that was only maybe for an hour at the very end of the day. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't want to hear that, I just cut it off. So that felt powerful too. It was like, I don't have to hear this and then go back out to actually getting it done. Um, and so it's definitely possible. I had a lot of conversations with people during that time um, where I would not have normally had a conversation with this person because I'd have at the time, probably been looking up something on my phone. Mm. I decided to look next to me that day and there was a nice lady or, you know, someone new. And I just started 
communicating with people more. I love so, it. Yeah, that was the demolition period. So before we get into the second period, I got to ask you, because we, we spoke about this just a little bit before we hopped on here. Um, we both kind of went through uh, a change of brand, mm-hmm. uh, branding, like branding identity. Um, so I think around 22 as well, maybe 22, 21, um, I stopped really going by my, my first name, Philip, and started going by Phenom. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's growing up. You went by another name and now you go by Shawnee. So yeah. how how did that originate? It's, I, I really wanted to dive into that for people that are building personal brands and maybe they want to uh, really just go by a different name for like brand purposes, but maybe they're scared to. Yeah, it's funny. I hope my sister's still here because she <laughs> actually, it, I have a funny story about why. And ultimately the decision was because it felt right. And mm. I am an advocate of when things feel right. If someone said it's echoing a lot, someone has to mute. How important are your goals to you? What if I were able to help you gain clarity, stop you overthinking with your goal setting, improve your time management, and give you an actionable execution plan to accomplish whatever you want to do? I've been getting this question a lot. Can I pick your brain? Can I break your brain? Can we do a one-on-one? People are willing to pay me $10,000, $5,000, but I'm doing this for much less. Go to sitwithphenom.com so we can go ahead and get your goals accomplished today. That is sitwithphenom.com. I'm doing one-on-ones. I'm only taking a couple people per month. I want you to be one of them. That's sitwithphenom.com. Okay, so we're good. No echoes. Okay, So we're good now. We're good. Okay. Where were we? (laughs) I I low-key forgot. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, we were talking about um, brand identity. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. So when it comes to being willing to um, reinvent yourself, right? It's something that has to feel right to you. And it felt right to me. My sister used to call me Shawnee growing up. And I remember the day where I was visiting her and one of her friends had came and woke me up in the morning and was like, Shawnee, would you like some breakfast? And this was when, before I was going by Shawnee. And so like the sound of that. <laughs> yes, I would like some breakfast. And so it stuck with me since then. And then halfway through high school, I started telling people, you know, I think I want to go by Sean. I thought it was cute. It's like a guy's name, but I'm a girl. And prior to that, when I was making little YouTube videos before it was a thing to make YouTube videos, I went by Tayshane or T Sean. And so it's always just been it's been, again, taking it back to what I said before, an evolution before finally just releasing. Mm. Um, but what I would encourage others now that I've experienced it and that those instincts or those thoughts were always on point. They were always there. Even for when I was a child, I was making those videos, thinking of what at the time I think my stage name was supposed to be. It was always a gut feeling that this is something that better represents who I am. I think it's catchy and memorable. And so you just go again, just do it. And others will follow. There were people who were like, I ain't calling you that. (laughs) That ain't your name. Ask me if I talked to them today. Because there will people, there are going to be people who will not support your journey and growth. And you got to be fine with letting those people go. Mm. Either I'll see you back at the top or I just won't see you at all. Mm, that's a word. I was about to ask you um, about how you kind of deal with that, but you kind of just answered that question. How long did it take for people to get used to that? Like, not necess- how long, let me be more specific. How long did it take for people to get used to calling you Shawnee? Well, when I went to college, it was immediate. That's what I introduced okay. myself as. And then, and then post-college, I went through, through full demolition era. <laughs> and so it's like people had the time to kind of forget about me for a second. You know, I went ghost. And so then when I reappeared in what I call the construction era, it it was like, this is what it is. And you meet me there or you don't. Um, if you would not like to respectfully, then we don't have to. But 
you kind of give people, you let people know there are people who I've met back at the top and they're like, Hey, and I'm like, this is what I go by now. I'm so happy to see you again. And it's respect from there. They get it. Cause they understand the importance even of reinventing your reinventing mm-hmm. yourself, the importance of growth. They respect that the people who get it, get it. There should be, there should be no combat to someone saying, this is what my identity is today. Mm-hmm. This may, I may have been that a couple years ago, but this is what it is today right now. What are we going to do about this? And people will join you in helping build that and support that or they won't. And that's their choice. But you have to be secure and certain and that is what it is and hold people responsible for meeting you there. So the last question I have about that before we get into the construction era, correct? Yeah, for before construction is pre-construction. Okay. So. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, we're going to get there. So the last question I have about the, uh, the brand identity. Did you legally change your name? No. Okay. Would you? No. So there is my family still calls me by my first name mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, it's just Others, that's I re- rejoin with others, and then what I'm known as, then that's what it is. Would you consider actually legally changing your name? No, I wouldn't, just because um, that's just not my MO. You know, I have no desire to change it legally. Okay. So, but I definitely don't, you know, is, I'm not going back to that. <laughs> You know, it's just, here it's a part of my history. You know, it's a part of the journey. It's there. We're not going to erase the history. It's there. Um, but that's just my choice. Other people have another choice. I love it. So moving into the con- pre-construction era. Correct? Pre-construction. All right, that's the second one. So is this the moment where you are like traveling and you're just like talking yeah. to thousands of people? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I need, yeah. I need to so, hear about these stories, these life lessons, like what? Like, where were you? Across the country, everywhere, all the time. I, we're moving from demolition to pre-construction, right? So demolition, you've rid yourself of anything that doesn't serve you. You've cut things off. You've, you know, gone full-blown ghost, maybe. It's just complete reconstruction until you have this solid foundation where you may not even recognize yourself, but you at least know know. This is ground zero, so there's nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. So now we're in pre-construction. Pre-construction is the planning of what deserves to come back into your space. Mm-hmm. What deserves your time? You know, you make your little outline of what deserves a place here and where does it belong. And that is theoretically, this that's the phase we're in now. Not now, but at this point in my story, right? That that point in the journey then. And what had actually happened in real time there was COVID. <laughs> so COVID happened and the business had to pivot. So I was on a roll in this demolition era of being present in person, teaching these kids, going hard martial arts, no time to myself, all for the people. And then COVID hit, the brick and mortar shut down and things had to change. So what we did was there was a nonprofit that was associated with this program for martial arts. And so while we were doing the martial arts, we were feeding people and tutoring kids. And so because now no longer people can no longer come to us, what we chose to do during COVID is go to them. And a part of my part in that was not only delivering the food, but I was really passionate about getting the word out about these people needing food, especially during COVID. If you remember, the shelves were empty and then prices were also going up crazy. And so I designed flyers, banners, posters, T-shirts, buttons, created whole marketing campaigns behind how to rally people behind this cause for the nonprofit. And what that looked like, remember, I'm disconnected digitally. Mm -hmm. So I came post anything on Instagram or Twitter trying to rally the people um, online. I had to do it in person. This was pure old school flyers on the cars, going out to thousands of people to ask for help and hosting these events and these booths, these tables to try to get people to rally behind that, that cause. Right. And 
while what I was doing at the forefront was community outreach, digital mark or not digital, but in-person marketing, all these things was what I was doing on the outside. But what was happening internally was I was learning the process of failure. It's a lot of people that tell you no when it comes to fundraising and trying to get people to support a cause. Mm-hmm. I was learning the the habits of humans, the community body language, communication techniques. You know, what is it? What inflection do you have to hit when talking to this person? What inflection do you have to hit when talking to that person? All these things were things that I was learning on the back end. And it was literally thousands of people. And while some of the, you know, it's not like I'm hosting conversations with thousands of people. It could be just a simple no or a simple, what is this you're selling? Or what is this you're doing and the opportunity to tell them? But something as simple as that, like something as simple as the way somebody says no, how quickly they say no, and hearing it a thousand times, mm-hmm. all that serves you in how you choose to internalize it and what you choose to do with that information in order to get a yes. And so I did this across the country. We traveled across the country to meet these people to give this food and to find support for what needed to happen. And so that was the pre-construction because also in that time, this was about, this was 2020. Also in that time that I had got a phone at this time, (laughs) not a phone. It was, it was, I still didn't even consider it a personal phone because I was still so comfortable with not having one. I still really enjoyed the life of not being connected, Mm -hmm. but they, because this was now COVID where we had to travel so much more, it's not so much we're at this one location. We had to split up and go all these different places. There was a business line, like a business phone to mm. communicate. But through that, I was then able to at least tap back in to certain things. But now I have more control over what's going to get my attention and what's going to get my time. There's more intention there. So I think, and I don't even know if you remember this, in 2020, you were hosting a Sunday series where you were going on live every Sunday and I would join because I saw like you were doing something. Like I tapped back into the digital world and I saw you active in digital, uh, doing something with the series on Instagram live every Sunday. And so I was there and then I messaged you and I was like, Hey, I see what you're doing. Just want you to let, let you know that I'm watching in silence. Um, but keep up the good work. And you were like, thanks for showing what you learned from this. And I told you what I learned. And I was like, see you next week or something like that. But this was pre-construction. I was planting seeds because I knew we'd meet again. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I was intentional in sending that message so that because I wanted to begin the journey of pre-construction and what I would want to be a part of this new picture that I'm creating, Mm -hmm. this new house that I'm building. And so I did that in a lot of different ways. There's someone now who's sponsoring my prop, my, um, my, uh, my event that's happening on March 31st, who I also messaged and was like, Hey sis, I just wanted to let you know that I really respect what you're doing. I'm watching you. Um, all love. We'll meet back up at the top. You got to be careful who you say that to. Listen. Because you're going to meet them again. Facts. <laughs> only it's a small you, world. You will only if you fast with want to. Like, only if you set that intention to. So, now she's sponsoring my event. And it's just because of consistency and being extremely careful mm-hmm. on what you want to be now rebuilt onto this foundation. So that's what I received through that pre-construction. Era. I love that you started to end that with consistencies because it's funny, multiple ways. One, I think yesterday I posted something on Instagram about consistency, but the fact that you said that three years ago you had joined my life and I was doing something like this. I was doing this. I was doing a podcast. That's why I was like, when we, before we got up here, I was telling you, like, I haven't gone live on IG to do a podcast in some years. It was back when you were watching it. I just been doing my podcast in private solo podcast 
all that type of stuff. So y'all on here right now, IG Live. I got I got mad podcasts for y'all to catch up on. But <laughs> don't check it out, y'all. That just shows you how consistent consistency will get you somewhere on both parties. Like, you know, you were just like, you know what? I see what he's doing. I see this person. It looks as if they're going to be consistent doing this whenever I come back around. And on my end, even though I really didn't know, you know, the the end game for what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to stick with this. And then three years later, we are here again. So I had to ask you when it comes to consistency, because I believe that's something that's so imperative to anybody's success. How does a person remain consistent? How does a person remain consistent? Yes. It's a choice. You wake up and choose to. You literally wake up and choose to, and you you pay attention to what you're doing. Like, I have... <laughs> wish it was right here. This would be perfect. I have a journal. Look, I actually have to show this. So y'all know I'm not playing. But where is it? Y'all, she looked like she was bobbing and weaving, didn't she? Looked like you were ducking something. Okay, so I write down everything that I do every day. Mm. And so that I can remember what it what it is I did, but mo- ma- mainly so that I can follow up on mm-hmm. those things. You remain consistent by remembering what you do and continuing to touch back in, tap back into that. So, like, this is the journal. Mm. This is, it's a passion planner. I really love it. Wish it was sponsored so I could get paid for this. But I want y'all to, i tell y'all because I want y'all to be put on. So, this is my journal, right? Every day I'm writing down, this is February. Mm. Every day we're writing down what we do so that I can know, okay, two weeks ago I sent an email to yada yada. I need to follow back up with that. I need to, like, I have to at least send a follow-up, touch base. And that's how you remain consistent, by remembering what you do and stacking from there. And then if you're doing stuff that you don't feel the need to follow up on, you shouldn't be doing it. Facts. (laughs) You shouldn't be doing it. So when it comes to long-term, that's how I think more people can remain consistent. When it comes to short-term, like, trying to get help with being consistent on going to the gym. Set realistic terms for yourself. Don't hop into something that you automatically have never done. Ease into it. You know, it's hard to be consistent with things that you have never done. So if your goal is to go to the gym every day in 2023, start with, let's go to the gym once a week. Get that. (laughs) then once you do that let's go to the gym three times a week get that and then by the third month you know where are we that's what the first quarter recap women's event happened in march 31st go to my link in my bio to sign up for women in atlanta where that's what the goal is (laughs) to help us realize the evolution of success you know the process behind achieving something when you see somebody get it you probably are only seeing about one percent of what it really took to get it i know that's right right yeah we don't talk enough about behind the scenes because the result is so attractive but Mm -hmm. people need to realize you don't get there overnight i hate the narrative of overnight success like, let's talk about failure more. Let's talk about the the process of getting there more. You know, what does it really look like? You get somebody on your podcast because two years ago they left a message. Mm-hmm. And then a year after that, they commented, Phenom speak, fire emoji, fire emoji. You stay in their mind. And then when the moment is right, everything comes together. We're here on a podcast and it worked out, but this didn't happen overnight. This is Relationship remembering building. what you did, 
You know what I'm saying? I could have hit up anybody with a podcast, but mm. it doesn't make sense to do that. That's mm. not the way life works. Facts. You build upon what you started and finish what you start. Mm-hmm. Preaching. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's something that you realize isn't of interest to you anymore, tie that into a bow. Like, stop leaving stuff unfinished. Let people know this isn't the right time, but we'll tap back in a little later when things get back together. Like, that's how you stay consistent where people respect it and it goes noticed. I want to talk about failure real quick. Because that's something that I, I typically eventually, you know, tap into whenever we have this conversation on, on this podcast. I always like to talk about failure because, like you said, a lot of people don't like to talk about it enough or they just don't talk about it at all. Um, ironically, I was having a moment today where I felt as if I had failed. Um, but I kind of had to come to terms with it because, ironically, I was also trying to put on an event for March 31st uh, for my birthday. Um, but so many things just continue to fall through left and right. Um, but it was like I was planning to have a huge event. Like it was gonna be like conference room style, releasing the album, the 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 book, all this type of stuff. And I sent out I had like a private invite list that I was sending to people. I think it was like a hundred and like like twenty people on the private list. And it hurt to send that to them. Cause I have been planning this for like six, seven, eight months. But at the end of the day, one of the messages that I got back made me feel a lot better. Cause I knew they all supported me. They were just like, it's all good. You know, life happens, but I really had to take in the moment of me not being able to get this done because I know later down the road, maybe two years from now, when I try to put on this event again, and maybe I have triple the amount of people there, people are like, Oh my gosh, this is your first event. And it's like, it's amazing. Like all these people here, like all this type of stuff. I'm like, a little, did you know, I tried to do this two or three years ago and it didn't happen. I have people pulling out left and right. So I say all that to say or to ask you throughout your journey, what were some of the biggest failures, if you want to even call them that, because I like to also call them lessons that you experienced that have gotten you to where you are right now? Mm, The biggest failures. That's a really good question. Um. And it it is kind of hard to pinpoint that because I don't look at them that way either. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I, it's hard to really pull up, like, what is that? Because I've always, not always, I had to learn this. You know, my mentor at the time used to say, you have to fail fast forward. You experience that and then take it and move, like, forward. <laughs> Pick up and go with that, like, We got to keep the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And so I think just in that pre-construction period, there were a lot of, like I said, no's. That was just a big conglomerate of failure, like piling upon itself. But I didn't let it keep me there. Like I had to take that no and figure out what, where that came from and how I can use what I learned there to try something different. And so I think, you know, these days it's more conversation about if you ain't failing, you ain't trying (laughs) type stuff, you know? So it's normalized or encouraged even to get out there on your ass and Mm -hmm. at least try because the days are gone where we are acting like failure isn't a part of life. And if you are, you got, you need a reality check. Like, listen, it's happening every day all around us. Um, in little ways and in small ways, it's just, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. That's the more important part to focus on. Like, and then what, and again, when it comes down to this tying it in a bow or staying consistent, you know, it's coming. If not this year, you remember this and it's coming. This is just a step in the right direction toward it happening. Maybe not yet, but eventually, if you utilize what you've learned and what you've built so far mm-hmm. to help move that step forward. So I want to ask you one last question within your pre-construction period before we move on to construction period. You were saying that you were getting a whole lot of no's. And that is something that 
I know and believe for a fact in life that we all experience, whether it's dating life, job life, whether like, you know, you're, you work in sales, doesn't matter what you do. You're going to get a whole lot of trying to apply to college. You're going to get no's before you get that. Yes. So for you, for somebody that got told no so often, like you're talking to people as frequency, as frequent as you were, you're going to hear more than anybody else. Not to say that, you know, you were just getting told no, 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 no. But for as often you were talking, what was the mindset that you had to develop to really be able to take that no and just be like, you know what? I know that this is just a part of the journey. I'm going to have to keep pushing forward. Yeah. And that's a really good question because what I also had to learn in that time is other people's stuff has nothing to do with you. Mm. My favorite book of all time is the four agreements and the four agreements are to always do your best, be impeccable with your word. Don't take it personal and don't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be so much of a light and so secure on what you know to be true Mm -hmm. that nobody else's stuff can mess with that. Mm. Period. So when people were telling me, no, it was sliding (laughs) off. Like it did not affect me. It just was necessary. I had to utilize it in order to get to the yes, but the yeses came. Please know that is also a part of the story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is the end of the sentence. I got a thousand no's, but I got a lot of yeses. Mm. And people recognize that. People would intentionally try to come and ruin my day or say something off the cuff, but it just did not phase me because I got used to being the beacon, Mm. you know, like people need that when they say no or say hurtful things or try to project what their stuff is onto you. It has nothing to do with you. I just had that conversation today. Go ahead. Keep going. It has nothing to do with you. In fact, what they're needing is some attention and needing somebody to come at them a different type of way. And all these things are circumstantial, you know, like sometimes it's don't hold this to it's circumstantial. But with what I was doing and what I learned as just an umbrella to life is that you can't let anybody else's stuff mess with you and what you got going on, because a lot of times what they need is a hug and a lot more than what you could even do for them. So do what you can and be secure in that and strong in that. And don't let those no's or don't let those, you know, failures or anything that appears to be such a negative, dark thing come and lead you in the wrong direction. Like change what you already know to be true and secure in. Hey, y'all picking up what she's dropping right now on IG. I I know y'all got to be picking this up, man. (laughs) I know y'all got to be picking this up. Yo, so I was having... I promise you we're going to get into the last phase, the construction phase, but I have to say this real quick. I was having that conversation today with somebody and actually recently, twice, saying how I had experienced something recently where I got a whole lot of heat. And I mean, I got heat. I I got fire. Matter of fact, I got, I was getting fire and I didn't know why. I had no idea why I was getting so much fire from this particular person. Two weeks later, I find out that it had nothing to do with me personally, but it had to do with somebody else that I had no, I I wasn't even part of the situation. Like I was just going here, living my life. And then all of a sudden I was just getting all this heat. And it was at that, I didn't, I never really realized it until that moment that people would treat you any type of way and just however they want to. For something that you have nothing to do with. So sometimes you really have to truly realize that when people are talking to you and acting towards you in a particular type of way, that majority of the time, it has nothing to do with you. They may be going through something that day, having a rough day. Maybe somebody else said something to them that made them upset, but it has nothing to do with you. And like you say, you just kind of I don't know what you did before, but you just got to let it roll off your shoulder and keep it pushing. But I want to go ahead 
um, before we like really wrap up everything, I want to hear about that construction phase. Like, you know, I want to hear about that last phase to where you are right now. So right now we're in the construction phase Mm. and I think it's important to show the construction phase as it's happening. Right. Mm. That's why I'm here on live on Instagram. We're doing this podcast. We hoping hosting this event. We're moving to new cities. We're doing it because it's all about building and connecting one, the last stair to the one above it. And so that's what you're witnessing. You are in prime witness. You're witnessing elevation in real time happening here in front of you, you know, watch me flow because that's what's happening right now. Um, I set my intention. I said this year, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to start honing in on the speaking thing that I like to do. I'm going to host an event. I'm going to direct a project. I'm going to partner with people. Money flows to me effortlessly, right? I'm going to speak these things and they shall be true. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to not just think that, but act in it and believe in it and reside there and not pay attention to anything that's not in line with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm going to create a sauce that's so tasty <laughs> that everybody else is going to want a piece of it. You know what I'm saying? Like what I had to realize when I first got here and it's all learning. When I first got here, this is a completely new city. I, and it's Atlanta too. So it's like you hear things about Atlanta and you but you just don't know until you get here. And so what I had heard about Atlanta is everybody got something going on, right? It's so many people to know. It's the black Hollywood, it's all these things, it's so many different moving parts. So when I came here it was more about how to get into these rooms, how to meet the right person. You know, like I got a mission, I got some I got a goal here. So, like, I need to shake the right hand. What am I going to do to get into the right room? What you quickly realize is that there are so many rooms in Atlanta that are so easily accessible, <laughs> even, you know, and I don't want to take for granted, you know, the connections that I've had and the people that have blessed me to have, be able to make, <laughs> come on, take <laughs> I'll see about that Krabby Patty for me when you said that. <laughs> You know, what it has, what it's took to remain consistent and really um, hone in on the resources that I have access to in order to get into those spaces. But a lot of times it's really just seeking opportunity and going again, just do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, somebody post something, said this is happening. Show up. Another thing that I learned about during pre-construction, just to, you know, touch base on it is do not take for granted the power of in person Mm. showing up in person. You know what I'm saying? Um, it it's significant. It really makes a difference. Above y'all, amazing. See, amazing. Love you, Love bro, you, for real. From the bottom of my heart, for life. I want you to know that. Seriously. <laughs> okay, so thank you. Thank you so much. Love you, too. So the importance of being in person, but also having substance. You know, like, once I really realized the access that you have, you have access to these things. You have access to these rooms. You can get there easy. It's like, okay, I had to think, okay, I'm in the mix, but I don't have a flavor yet. Mm. It mm. ain't nothing worse than. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No I need flavor. you to say that again. I need you to say that. Run that back. That was a bar. <laughs> so I learned. Mm-hmm. By trying to be in all these spaces so quickly and so eager to get into these rooms that I was in the mix, but I didn't have a flavor. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Did y'all catch that? Did y'all catch that? Did y'all catch that? Oh, my God. So I had to really start mixing up my flavor. Like, who, what is this? Who am I? What do I have to offer? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take a moment to define that create that. That's the reason that I moved on from acting to directing and producing because you don't want to go everywhere trying to look for something when you have the power and opportunity to create it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I feel like I'm saying, you know what I'm saying too much, but do y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, we do. We do. (laughs) Trust and believe. Like create what you want to see. Mm -hmm. And so right now what you're witnessing in construction is the building 
and we'll we'll be here again and you'll see the evolution Mm -hmm. because also what you want to put in place and why this first quarter recap is important is accountability. Mm. You know, nobody really likes failure. You know, nobody really likes to fall on their butt. And so what a, a technique of mine is, is in order to keep consistent and remain to keep progress in motion is I put things in place that I have to follow up with. You know, I put things in place that kind of in a way make a leave a pin on the map. You know, yeah. they it's like it it's history here that's happening. And so the next time we speak, there has to be progress. There has to be some form of motion. I have to have done this event. Mm. I have to. I have to. And so that's, you know, that's the phase that we're in right now. Um, And I'm excited for all the things that I don't know are going to happen yet. Mm. I love that. But I just know that it's up. You know, we're building up here. So I got to ask So one thing on top of the last in a specific direction Mm. that is intentional. So if you were to leave everybody here with one more piece of advice. What would it be? Hmm. If I were to leave everybody here with one more piece of advice, um, I'd really leave you with what I like to call the three E's of elevation. Hmm. And what I call the three E's of elevation are exposure, experience, and execution. <laughs> right. If you're looking, if you're at a place where you just don't really know your purpose or you're kind of stuck or you're at what you feel is ground zero and you want to change your circumstance, but you don't know how, you need to do the three E's of elevation. Can you say that one more time, please? Exposure, experience, and execution. Exposure is getting out to see something new. You know, it's your environment. It's the revelation that you experience by discovering something that you had not yet seen, exposure. Experience is what you do in this newfound place. This new thing you've been exposed to, what do you do there? When I traveled to Mexico for the first time independently as like an adult, I was exposed to a whole new place. You know, like, and this was at the height of Trump where he was going in on the Mexicans. So to go to Mexico during that time and to see how gracious they are, how good the food is, how hard they work, how pleasant their spirits are, it was exposure. But if I had went to Mexico and hopped right back on the plane to the States, there would have been no experience to learn from. Mm. But I would have been exposed at least to know that there's more out there beyond the walls of the United States. So what you have to do when you're exposed is to get some experience. And then lastly, once you get that experience, what you learn, the lessons that you learn from this exposure is you give yourself no choice but to execute. Go try what you've learned. Go do it. Fail. Get up. Try again. Absolutely. It's funny, I was wearing this shirt today. Execution gets results. I love it. So go operate in those three E's of elevation would be my final say of advice um, in order to get yourself to the next level. And heading out here tonight, how can people find you and how can they support you? So you can find me on Instagram, um, H-E-Y, hey, dot, Shawnee, S-H-A-W-N-E-E. That's on Instagram. You can also... Follow me on fan base at Shawnee Owens. Um, and when you go to my Instagram, you'll see my link tree that has ways that you can continue to support me, whether it be to support my next project. Again, we have the first quarter recap coming up in Atlanta for the ladies. Even if you're not a lady, if you know a lady, um, repost it, help get some traction there. Cause you know, I really find it important to really touch back, touch back, retouch those goals that we were talking so much about in January. Um, And even if you cannot make it to the event, 
the way you can support me and what I'm doing is just to do what you do, what the event stands for. You know, you don't even have to come to the event, but just promise me that you'll go back to that vision board and stay consistent with what you said you would do. Pinpoint what isn't working, what didn't work or what you haven't made any progress on and figure out a way to continue to, you know, make it happen. Um, and that's about it. You know, you'll see everything else in my link tree about if you want to chat with me, um, schedule a call. If you want to book me for directing any of your projects, um, fill out that form. But that's it, y'all. I love it. I love it. I want to say thank you so much to everybody that tuned into the IG Live that was dropping comments. Always, always, always appreciate you guys for being active and engaging in the chat. Um, it's what makes a live podcast live. Um, and as always, Shanae, I appreciate you coming up here today. It was a pleasure um, hearing your story and learning from you. And you guys, this has been another episode of Execute the Secrets to Fast Success Podcast. I'm your host, Phenom, and I will catch you guys on the very next episode.